Hello, I'm Rob Fredette with the podcast HodgePod with Rob Fredette, and welcome. We're already at episode number five, and I look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future. Just a few reminders, an episode drops every Monday. I love feedback. Please give a follow and listen. You can also get me at HodgePodAllIn at Yahoo.com for any feedback, good or bad. I love feedback, and if you have a topic that you would like to have covered, please email me as well. So we're going back to 1984, November 23rd to be exact. The Boston College Eagles beat the Miami Hurricanes at the Orange Bowl on the Doug Flutie Hail Mary Pass. So I had to go to dictionary.com to see what the definition of a Hail Mary is. And there's the one that's the most important. It's a prayer to the Virgin Mary used chiefly by Roman Catholics. But over the years, the Hail Mary has a new definition and meaning in the game of football. So here it goes. A long forward pass in football, especially as a last ditch attempt at the end of a game where completion is considered unlikely. So if you had to put it in simple terms, 99.9% that the pass is unsuccessful, that 0.1% that it is successful. We'll learn more about that later. In 1975, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach made the term Hail Mary to describe his miracle-winning touchdown pass to fellow Pro Bowl Hall of Famer Drew Pearson in a playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings. So what was time like in 1984? How much did things cost? Gas was $1.10 a gallon. A pound of apples cost 43 cents a pound. A pound of bacon was $1.69 a pound. And the Dow Jones hovered at about 1200 And that's not a misprint, 1200 On September 2nd, 2022, the Dow closed at 31318 How times have changed. Ronald Reagan was president and the Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger was out in movie theaters. So which brings us now to November 23rd, 1984 at the Orange Bowl in Miami. Going into the game, Boston College was ranked 10th and the Miami Hurricanes, the defending national champions, were ranked 12th. BC was on their way to the Cotton Bowl against the University of Houston. And at the time in the 80s, BC and Miami were independent. So they weren't affiliated with any conferences as they are now in the ACC. Independent football teams back then scheduled games against each other and then would also schedule games against teams in different conferences. Doug Flutie would play his high school football at Natick High School in Natick, Mass., about 23 miles outside of Boston. He was in contention for the Heisman Trophy in 1984 after coming in third place in 1983. So going into the game against Miami, Flutie had 2,711 yards passing, 21 TDs, and 9 interceptions. But let me set up the media coverage in the early 80s in Boston. They were owned by the Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, and Bruins. Those four teams owned the media coverage back then in the city of Boston. But I will say this, Doug Flutie was getting major coverage, especially in 1984, and he was must-see TV every week in the Boston area. He would lead the news at all TV stations in Boston and all through New England. So he was up there with the four pro sports teams. Boston also has the Beanpot Hockey Tournament in February, the first two Mondays of February. Boston College, Boston University, Harvard, and Northeastern get coverage, but not to the extent that Flutie did back in 1984. In 1984, BC played some ranked teams, and they actually played tough as well. 
They beat the number nine uh, Alabama Crimson Tide 38-31 in Birmingham, but lost to number 20 West Virginia and number nine Penn State on the road. For some reason, West Virginia always played BC tough in the 80s. Coach Jack Bicknell and assistant coach Barry Gallup recruited some great players in their time at Boston College. Running back Troy Stratford, running back Gerard Phelan, defensive lineman John Boza, and wide receiver Calvin Martin. The Hurricanes were loaded with talent as well. Bernie Kozar was the starting quarterback. Backup quarterback was Vinny Testaverde, who would go on to win the Heisman Trophy a few years later in 1986. The high-octane offense was led by Eddie Brown and Alonzo Highsmith, and on defense, the U had Jerome Brown and Winston Moss, to name a few. So the game between BC and Miami was the day after Thanksgiving. So in Massachusetts, back then and now, high school football games were played at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving Day. So you go home after the game, you eat your Thanksgiving turkey, you sit around, you watch TV, and the day after Thanksgiving, you go shopping at the mall. That's what we did back then in those times in the 80s. There was no cell phones, no social media. You would go to the mall. So the game was a 2.30 kickoff on that Friday after Thanksgiving. Brent Musburger did play-by-play, former Notre Dame head coach Eric Parsegian, and former L.A. Rams QB Pat Hayden did color in that game. A great broadcast crew for college football, and they did call a great game that day as well. Attendance for the game was 30,235. Miami was favored by six points, and now we got some football we got to talk about. Williams and Tyrone Taylor are set back deep for the Eagles and fielded back in the end zone by Williams. Boston College, of course, is led by the most exciting player in the college game today, Doug Flutie. Strahan is a very dependable performer, and Troy Stratford has been nursing a hamstring injury. Kelvin Martin, an explosive receiver. Phelan is Flutie's roommate and his favorite target. So that's the opening kickoff, and out of the gate, Flutie started out 8-for-8 for 84 yards and then got the opening TD drive for the Eagles. Miami is using a lot of man-for-man coverage on the short routes underneath, and if you continue to do that, this is the kind of day that Flutie's going to have. Second and short, and Casparilla has checked in at tight end. Flutie with Martin, touchdown, Boston College. Boston College would go up 14-0 in the first quarter, but that first quarter would end 14-7. BC led at halftime 28-21, and after three quarters, BC and Miami were tied at 31. The fourth quarter, though, was where all the action was. A BC field goal, then a Miami touchdown, a BC touchdown, and then with 28 seconds left, Melvin Bratton runs it in to put Miami ahead 45-41. to So Miami kicks the ball off. It's a touchback, and BC starts from their own 20-yard line, and this is where the fun begins. Flutie hits Troy Stratford for a 19-yard completion, and now that the game is now at 20 seconds. So the ball's at the 39-yard line. Flutie then hit tight end Scott Gieselman at midfield for 13 yards, 
And with 12 seconds left, the ball is at the 48-yard line of Miami. Then another play after that was an incomplete pass, so that puts us at six seconds left in the game. So Boston College called a 55 flood tip where the receivers just run straight routes down to the end zone, and boy, did they do that. One thing that I remember is that there was a flag thrown before that final play. There was no penalty on Miami or BC, so maybe the Eagles had a time to breathe. The crowd wasn't into it. Who knows if that play would have been called for a penalty or if it just would have been let to go. But BC had one more opportunity. So the ball's at the Miami 48-yard line. The play starts and Flutie moves to his right. He avoids a sack and then he planted from his own 37-yard line. Technically in the stat book, it's a 48-yard pass, but a 63-yard throw by Flutie. receivers out to the right. Flutie flushed. Throws it down. Caught by Boston College. I don't believe it. It's a touchdown. The Eagles win it. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. Phelan is at the bottom of that pile. Here comes the Boston College team. He threw it into the end zone. There was no time left on the clock. The ball went between two defensive backs of Miami. Jack McNell is the only person over there on the sidelines. He couldn't get the headset off fast enough. So Brent Musburger called that one on CBS, and now there's an iconic call on the radio from Dan Davis at WRKL Radio. I still get pumped up after all these years after listening to it, so I'm just going to go ahead and play it. I can remember jumping up and down crazy that day, and I can imagine hundreds of thousands of people in Boston and New England were doing the same thing. What a play that was. Unbelievable at the last second. I've watched that play at least two, 300 times, and it's just amazing how Flutie threw the ball to Phelan. Phelan runs all the way to the end zone, untouched by any Miami defender, which is really mind-boggling. Phelan had the focus and concentration to stay on that ball as it was being thrown to him because there were Miami and BC players up in the air as it was being thrown when he caught it in the end zone. He had to angle himself a little bit when he did catch that ball. It's a game of inches, and no doubt no one touched the ball, and it went right to his arms. There's a video also of that catch from the end zone, just raw sound, no play-by-play or color commentary All you see is Flutie in the background of the video throwing it. The ball comes up, and Flutie uh, gets it to Phelan, and the crowd is just in disbelief. The Boston Herald that year would come out with a poster of Flutie, and I wish I had that. It was a sweet poster. 
And again, Flutie rivaled that of the pro sports teams in 1984. His number 22 is retired at Alumni Stadium, and there's a statue outside Alumni Stadium of Flutie throwing that famous Hail Mary. One quote after the game was pretty cool about the prior year here in Memphis, Tennessee, when BC played in the Liberty Bowl, and this is what the play was about. Take a look in the middle, number 20, Gerard Phelan, Doug Flutie's roommate. He knows it's a desperation throw. All he is hoping back here is for a tipped ball. He is behind the defense, though. That can't happen. It cannot happen, but it did. Doug Flutie and his roommate, Gerald Phelan. Last year at the Liberty Bowl, they had a fire alarm break out in the hotel. Phelan got up and said, women, children, and Doug Flutie first. Love that quote, love that quote. And I lived and worked in South Florida in the mid-90s, and I remember going to a couple of games at the Orange Bowl to see the Hurricanes play. And the first time I walked into the stadium, I looked at the very spot that Phelan caught that ball. I love looking at nostalgia when I go to stadiums and arenas for plays that have been made, famous plays, and that was one of them. So that was quite a, quite a cool thing to see. Thank you very much for listening to HodgePod with Rob Fredette. Please, again, give a follow and a listen and tell your friends about it. I love feedback, and you can email me at hodgepodallin at yahoo.com. And next week is episode six. We're going to be talking about missing persons, how people just vanish, and how we can get those people back home to the people they love. Again, thank you so much for listening to episode five. I'm Rob Fredette, and again, have a great week.